You're listening to She Well Read. Get ready to be part of a community that is dedicated to helping you become the most well-read version of yourself through reading. On this show, we hope to bring people together through shared experiences and provide a platform that promotes reading as a source of self-care while increasing your knowledge on various topics. Thanks for being here and let's get on to the show. Hello, everyone, and welcome to this special edition episode of She Well Read. Today, we are kicking off our Black 365 campaign with special guest, Aaliyah Taylor. Hi, Aaliyah. Welcome to the show. Hi, Alana. I'm so glad to be here. (laughs) Yes, thanks for coming on today. And y'all, with this program, we intend to magnify Black voices throughout the year and not just Black History Month, as it should be. And so today, Aaliyah is the founder and designer of Exalting in Beauty, and we'll be talking about all things beauty. So yeah, let's get right into it. Yes, indeed. Um, so how did you get started with your business and what was your inspiration? Ooh. So I always tell people, like, when they ask me that question, they I think sometimes there's the expectation that it was a rags to riches type of thing. But I always tell people, or it's something like a beautiful story of how I just found creating and then it came to be. But I always tell people it started out out, out of desperation. Uh, me and my mom was financially strapped and it was hard. We had moved to a new city, Atlanta, and it was hard for us to find a job to meet ends meet, to make ends meet. And so I knew I was creative and I had stumbled upon creating jewelry at um, in art school, but I never stuck with it. And so I said, well, I'm just going to go back to making jewelry out of pearly bees. I'm in Atlanta. This is something different. And so I started making um, custom jewelry. So I did people's names out of pearly beads and I sold them for $10. I was just, I didn't, I didn't have a price, you know, gauge of what's high and what's low. It was straight $10. And I used to carry my jewelry uh, on a painted canvas to uh, black um, hair shops in Atlanta. So wherever my the car could go or when we lost a car wherever Martin could take me I would take my canvas and go to these different hair salons and the faces when they saw the jewelry especially when the salon owners gave me the, the permission to go around and show the jewelry it made me smile like granted I'm like I gotta eat but I see something also because my goal is to always be to be a full-time entrepreneur you know if I you know as time goes on and so exalted beauty was was first from the beginning it was birthed out of brokenness and desperation but it was able to mature to something beautiful with meaning and attention no longer desperate for funds or no longer desperate for notoriety or you know clout but now I'm like I just want people to feel joy to feel something when they are wearing jewelry, especially unusual jewelry made out of unusual medium. And to me, that fits who we are. You know, we are unusual beings made out of an unusual medium. We are different from animals and from different creatures. We are something special with a spirit and a heart. So that's how I now, my goal with Exalted Beauty, that's the, that's the business. It's just making sure I'm reflecting 
who we are as unique beings with our jewelry. And that's how it started. So um, yeah, it's it's really dope. <laughs> no, it really is. And when I tell y'all, when y'all go look at her Instagram and her business pages, it is just bright and colorful and it just makes you feel happy and good about yourself. So you're doing what you said you were going to do is what I'm saying right now. <laughs> yes, that's the go. That's beautiful. And it's just so crazy to me. We, y'all, we're doing an episode with Real Ass Affirmations podcast. If you haven't checked out that podcast yet either, go check her out. She's a Penix Brown. She's amazing. Um, but we just did, recorded our interview with her. And when we asked her, you know, how she got started, it was kind of a similar story that it came from like a place of like sadness or desperation or like a need for something. And I just find it so interesting how all of our stories, they can be so different, but could come from a very similar place. Yes. yes. <laughs> like, it's really mind-blowing to me because Samra and I, y'all already know this, but a little background on us. Uh, we started our show from a place that we had just graduated college. And no one tells you what life is going to be like once you graduate, like the real part of what it's going to be like. You know, you're involved in all of these programs and all of these things when you're in school. But then when you're an adult, you kind of have to find what that looks like yeah. in the real world uh -huh. and finding your hobbies and finding your passions. And so that's literally how our show was created. Samra wanted to start a book club and I was getting into podcasts very heavily. And so I was like, what if we did a book club podcast? Like mesh the two together. And here we are two years. Well, dang, almost three years later. Well, come on, man. <laughs> so, what, so as I'm saying, like, it's just so beautiful to me how these wonderful things can be created even from a place where it probably wasn't that great in the beginning. Yeah. But like now you look back and you're like, wow, yeah. I never would have thought that would happen. Uh -uh. And that's just how innovative we are as a people and as a race, like that innovation of how you, and that's why, you know, I, I do get traumatized. I do get a little bit overwhelmed, but that's how I see us when we, you have, the cars dealt to us have literally been the worst cars, have been just bad cars all around, you know, whether it's in our familial environment or whether it's just the ways of this world and the ways of institutions. But to see the innovation and the creativity to say, well, I want to use the spirit and the integrity and the passion and love that I have, and we're going to take this brokenness and we're going to take the scraps and we're going to take that which for them can't be mended or repaired and we're going to find another use for it. And I think that's just that sick, that shared sacred thread that we all share, even if our people, there are people who are still stuck. That is still a shared connector that we all have where we can take that which comes from and is birthed from a place of sadness, brokenness, from a place of depravity and desperation and to make something be beautiful out of it. That's just amazing to me here. Come on, somebody, <laughs> preach. I'm like muting myself because I'm like with all these ad-libs in the back. I'm like, let me not because she is speaking right now. Like that, that's it right there. That's it. That's the end of the interview. Goodbye, everybody. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs>
Okay, so tell me a little bit, because I know you're a Birmingham native, right? So mm-hmm. tell me a little bit about, you know, growing up in Birmingham and if you had any inspirations from even living in the city. Ooh, yeah. So I was raised, I was born in Florida, but I always tell people because I don't remember it, it don't count. All I know, <laughs> I don't remember it, don't count. And so um, I was born into this ville and, well, not born, excuse me, I was raised into this ville and I grew up in this middle class black neighborhood our home was 100 years old and we my grandmother was the matriarch of that family she's one of the she, the oldest of the first set and she i think for her my mom always tells me the story about her she was a closeted artist so she was a teacher by day but she was very afraid to be an artist out loud um and my mom then you go to my mom, who was very both sides. She was very academically smart. She played a classical piano, but she also had an artistic free spirit side. Um, and she wasn't able to really be free in that until later on in her life. Um, even now, she's just a free spirit enjoying her freedom. And so my mom always say, I am the byproduct of my grandmother hiding and my mother questioning, and it's like, I came out and said, I am not doing that. Um, I wanted to be who I am. And so being in that household, being into this field, being a product of Birmingham from being into this field, moving to West End um, on 23rd Street in Powderly, um, being like immersed in these different cultures, I was culture shocked because I was a bit sheltered in the community and neighborhood that I grew up, everybody knew my mother and the kids. And so I was sheltered, even walking from school. There was this, uh, it was this unspoken thing where um, all the matriarchs and patriarchs in the houses will come out at three. And so they will monitor us, the neighborhood kids, and just seeing when they come out, the house coats, the colors, the the smile, sometimes they invite me to eat food and just going inside these, because I was always inter- interested in what everybody's house looked like in the inside. And so as I began to grow up and matriculate through the neighborhoods and through different people and just people becoming surrogate, you know, extra hands for my mom because she's a single mom. So it was extra moms, extra dads, uncles and aunties that I was able to actually, even though I was still shelter in a way I was able to still be immersed in so much culture um to be able to take a part of where some some families I call them a surrogate father would take me traveling so I was able to find inspiration outside of the city but every time I try to move out of Birmingham, I moved to Memphis for a bit I moved to Atlanta I find my way back here and I'll be honest, it wasn't until 2016 when I moved back where I finally found the inspiration. Like, Birmingham has always been there, but I wanted to run away from Birmingham. I I was tired of Birmingham. I felt like Birmingham had nothing, to be honest. We've heard but, that a lot. <laughs> yeah, and, and it's sad because then everybody goes to Atlanta and think they can find this, this special place. This, but it, it's actually a mirage, you know. And when you're a free spirit and when you're learning and, and, and finding out who you are, it, it become, you become a strange person to them because their idea of inspiration is following what's already 
the default. And if you don't fall in line with that, and if you don't do and fix yourself that way, then who are you? And so when I came back to Birmingham, and when I was, I was like, this is who I am. I'm not changing myself. I am colorful. I'm plus size. I have, I got black hair, pink hair. I'm going to remain who I am. That's when Birmingham opened itself up. Like I said, that's when Birmingham became the magic city because my vision changed. My perspective changed. Because I'm like, I can't leave here right now. So let me see what you have to offer. And so now I find inspiration from the memories and the stories of shared with my family, shared with family, friends, um, shared going through the museum with new eyes or, you know, I'm a librarian by day. So even just hearing the stories from patrons or hearing the stories of my mom, because she was a librarian also, that right there gives me inspiration to be as unusual as I can so that other people who are in Birmingham itching to leave can say, well, wait a minute, Birmingham does have something to offer. Let me see what I can can start here. What can I be a catalyst and, and, and start and make roots here? And then maybe you can branch out. So yeah, Birmingham is now like, home. I love, I love Birmingham. You know, it has its, you know, it has its moments. That's, that's Alabama, but Yeehaw. Birmingham, <laughs> you know, we're, we're, Birmingham is, is still home. It's so much beauty, so much beauty here. Yes. You've said a mouthful in that one. I myself did not grow up in Birmingham either. I'm originally from New Orleans, and we moved to Texas after Hurricane Katrina, so I say I'm from both places. <laughs> um, but I came here when I came to live with my dad for college, and I had very low expectations for Birmingham. Like, I think so many people do. So many people underestimate the city, I think. Yes, yes. And after going to UAB and having those experiences, and even after graduating, and really immersing myself with the city, I was like, wow, I really love here. Birmingham has a lot to offer. Yes. And if it's one thing you can do in Birmingham is eat and drink. Come on. Come on. That's why I'm still fluffy. I'm like, you know what? I'm going to just be fluffy because it got all these new places popping up and I'm just nosing. I'm like, well, let me try it. You know? Mm -hmm. I've got a going list in my notes app where it's a literal checklist. I'm like, I got to go here. I got to go here. I got to go here. And I'm like, Dan, all I'm doing is eating, but that's okay. It's fine. It's fine. That's fellowship. That's self-care. <laughs> yes. Yes. And you spoke a lot about community, which I think is really beautiful too. Because as we found our podcast community, you found the community here in Birmingham giving you inspiration for your business, which I think gets lost a lot in this new generation where, like you were saying, everyone's trying to follow the new trends and go viral and pop off on the internet. But it really comes back down. I feel like the depth in things comes back down to the community and the ideas and the imagination and just everything that you can get out of the community is so beautiful. And I think it's lost in translation sometimes. So I'm really glad that you mentioned that. That was, that was a word right there. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So your business name, Exalting and Beauty, mm -hmm. 
where was the idea from that? I know you talked a little bit about that already. And what do you think it means to exalt in beauty on this Valentine's Day? So exalting beauty stems from the meaning, the Arabic meaning of my first name. So in uh, Aaliyah, or as um, the good sisters of the Islam community, say Aliyah. So here in Birmingham or in the South, it's Aaliyah. But when I when I go to my aunt, because um, she's Muslim, so when I visit her or hang out with her and, and the sisters, they Aliyah, Aliyah. I'm like, oh, that sounds so good. Um, so Aliyah means high exalted one. And um, like I said, because exalted beauty was started in a place where I was actually broken and I felt my lowest, I felt the base. Um, it was only the meaning of my name that kept me sane. Um, my mom, the funny thing is, my mom didn't name me, but my dad did. And I have um, some issues that that relationship is is, is a bit broken. Um, but we're working on it. But the, I always think about how, even though he didn't give me a lot, the best gift he gave me was choosing to name me Aaliyah. Um, because it reminds me of who I'm created to be. So when I started Exalting Beauty, at first it was called Love Child Designs. It was because my mom calls me Love Child. She's like, you're my love child. And I was like, I was about to say, that sounds like something Black Mama was saying. <laughs> I was like, perfect. I was like in a hippie. I, for quick, quick second, I was in a hippie phase. And I was like, yeah, I'm through the peace on. And it just was not, I didn't. It didn't feel like me. Um, and so as I just was kind of finding myself, finding my voice, and I was creating here and there, that's when I decided, I was like, why not just use my name? But at first I was like, I don't want to use Aaliyah. I, I didn't want my name out there like that. And so when my mom reminded me, she said, well, why don't you use something with exalted? And so I was like, okay. And I was like, high exalted one. And I was like, well, let's just do exalting your beauty. It was like, it just came out of nowhere, exalting your beauty. And so as I've grown the business and I've heard the testimonials, I've heard the reviews and what people say when they not only see me, but when they put on my jewelry, it's always, I feel so good. I feel beautiful. I feel different. I feel bold. And so exalting is just literally lifting something up or someone up we are exalting fill in the blanks and and it's not necessarily see sometimes we can say well i'm just exalting something but i wanted to make sure we're exalting in beauty like we're putting ourselves inside like we are now becoming um whatever it is and so i wanted people when they see me and put on my jewelry to feel beautiful the model that the the goal and the model for exalting beauty is to create works of art that exalts and enhance the beauty of god's creation it is not to you know i love i love financial increase don't get me wrong we love the bag (laughs) the bag is good but the intention is to always exalt people's beauty and so with the jewelry like i said before it's unusual 
the shapes are different. I always hear people say, I've never seen anything like this. It's so colorful. It's so bold. But I always hear, but I don't think I can wear it. Or, but it's not me. Or, I don't think I'll look. So now it's like, no, you're going to put these earrings on because I want you to understand that the earrings is just a step towards being bolder. The earrings is just a step towards being courageous. So now we can lift up your beauty. So now, because I think of things as a cycle. So if I lift up your beauty and enhance what God has given you and created you to be, then your disposition is going to shift. Your perception of yourself is going to shift. And so now you can begin to do the same thing for another sister. And so then that sister, so it becomes a, a new, beautiful generational cycle instead of a generational curse of what I depict and what I feel about myself reflects outward and it cycles through to everybody. And so that's exhausting and beauty. It, it wasn't something like, you know, Bazinga, I found that it was literally, <laughs> it was literally a process and synthesis. Every, my mom always says when she creates, everything I create, I put myself into it. So why not put my, a piece of my name into this business? So everybody can just have a little piece of Aaliyah and preferably that they can be exalted. So that cycle through our sisters and through our brothers and through our non-binary folks, they can be able to be lifted up and exalted even when the world wants to do that for us. So that's the intention. <laughs> and again, so beautiful. <laughs> like, come on. I feel like I'm just staring at you, like, just in amazement. Like, <laughs> but it's real. again, it comes back, for me, it comes back to today in society in these past few decades where beauty has been such a big thing and it's grown almost into this picture that seems unattainable to a lot of people. And I even see it with my younger sisters and them, you know, trying to get in on the trends and all the makeup, which there's nothing wrong with that. I think it comes down to why are you doing it? Who are you doing this for? Are you doing this for you? Or are you doing this for other people? Because at the end of the day, like you're saying, it's all about you. And if you feel good and you look good, you can then spread that love to other people. Yes. That, and that it's just so true. And I find that in myself, like I used to be the, the I still sometimes am. I used to be like, eh, I'm going to the grocery store. I really don't care what I look like. I'm just going to go out there and do my thing, get my groceries and come back home. Mm -hmm. But this year I am as my, our listeners have been hearing a lot, I am on this self-love journey or just love in general is my era this year, I've decided, in discovering love. And I found that when I, even if like, say I'm still in a sweatshirt and sweatpants, I put on a nice pair of tennis shoes. I put on some jewelry. I put a little, you know, lip oil or gloss or whatever to elevate the look. Just follow and I feel so much better about that simple task of grocery shopping. Yes. And I feel that I'm radiating this energy that I wouldn't have if I didn't feel it in myself. So, yes. exalting in beauty, love it. <laughs> Here for it. Yeah. That is it. That is it. 
<laughs> yeah. So I'd love to know what's coming up for you. I know I saw on Instagram Christmas, you did like these little kits mm-hmm. that people could buy and kind of make their own jewelry. It seems mm-hmm. like. So what else do you have in the works that you can share with us? Ooh. All right. So then, so yeah, I still have the, the jewelry kits with a uh, parlor. So that's the brand that I actually use the materials to make the jewelry. So I'd have that. Uh, I'm now shifting and expanding Exalted and Beauty into, I, I'm trying to see the words, but I'm I'm now allowing myself to really, truly, like, freely create. Um, I was blessed to have, um, be a part of, um, it's called, a ne- it's called Built, it's, oh, I can't even remember the name, it's called Nest, and it is, um, a nonprofit that helps businesses and small artists to like grow their business and me and I want to say or seven other uh BIPOC women I had to think about it BIPOC women jewelry designers um we were chosen to be a part of a mentorship with other fine jewelers from New York and California and it allowed us to not only learn from their awesome like what they've done and how they've created grown their business, but to also receive a grant to help our business grow. So I'm like, I'm here for it. <laughs> Again, we love a oh, Congratulations. That's wonderful. And like my mentor, um, her name is Wing. And so her jury is absolutely beautiful. We're the complete opposite, but her story is what drew me to want her to be my mentor. So long story short, she's she's opened my eyes to see that more can be done with exhaustion and beauty, but also at the same time saving myself. Um, last year, I experienced such burnout, uh, creative burnout, work burnout. I was just burnt out completely. And I lost myself just briefly where I became obsessed with, and that's that's just social media for you. But now everybody's telling me and telling the world that you have to do this, this way, that way, that way. And my brain couldn't process that I have to do this, this, and this to receive followers or to grow. And so because I was stepping outside of what I'm called to do, to try what the world wants me to do, then I lost myself, but briefly. And so I had to stop what I was doing put all creativity on pause and remind myself why I'm doing what I'm doing. So now that time allowed me to experiment with what else can I do with Parlor Bees? How far can I take this medium? What else do I want to see with Exhausted Beauty? So not just making it more, not just a jewelry brand. So we're fine tuning that this year. But also see where else can I take Exalted Beauty? Could that be a beauty supply store, you know, and to, on 280? I live in 280, so, like, my future, my dream is to open my own beauty supply store and on 280, and it's where it can split up into a studio space, but also a space where people can create content that cannot afford it, but also at the same time can... We have a, a array of clinic lungs because I'm addicted to beauty supply stores. Like 
that I think we all have a slight addiction to beauty supply stores. And I feel so bad, but every 15th and 30th, I am there. Like, <laughs> like I don't I don't even have hair for real. Like when I was like sure, like really, really short, I'm getting hair. And I'm like, you can't even grip anything, Aaliyah. You can't grip nothing. Like I have boxes and boxes of Konecolon hair because it just amazes me of what <laughs> we can do with our hair and it, I just want to do stuff but for Zaltin Beauty Jewelry I'm sorry I babble but for yeah, Zaltin- we are a rambling show over here we understand <laughs> no, I'm it. like oh my gosh I'm bad but um for Zaltin Beauty right now the goal that is attainable is just getting my own website um fine-tuning my brand and making sure that I'm consistent and I'm going back to quality over quantity. So even with my posting, making sure my best friend said this, and and I think this is just the, the goal for 2022. He says, make sure you remind yourself that I get to do this, not that I gotta do this. It's a difference when you like, oh, I gotta do this. There's an obligation, there's a weight, there's a burden to oh. But when you say, I get to do this, I get to turn my camera on and do something silly or show this new pair of earrings because someone can make probably smile or, you know, maybe God can turn that algorithm in my favor and then it hits it, you know. <laughs> but it's just fine-tuning and Zoltan beauty and being intentional with what I create, what I put out there, and making sure I am not running myself thin this time. So I can better create quality um, artwork and probably do a little bit more, you know, in this in expanding exalting beauty. But I'm excited for what for what's happening now. Like just you know, being able to buy the technology with the grants and getting packaging and marketing done because I was creative director everything for my business now I can go on Fiverr and and hire a person to create something for me that feels good so yeah I'm I'm truly excited for whatever God takes me for this business I don't know it fully but I I sense it's it's exalting (laughs) It's, it's going higher it's exalting and we love to hear it and see it and we can't wait to watch you on this journey and support you on this journey as you grow your business and your brand and everything and I think everything you said like burnout and I I'd like to call it death by algorithm because that's what it is because Facebook has their own algorithm and Instagram has their own algorithm and TikTok has their own algorithm and being an, a brand owner you have to figure out how to get your content out there on each individual platform. It would be a lot of work. Oh, and, you know, Sarah and I, we're a two-woman show over here. So I can only imagine your pain as a one-woman show. <laughs> Wearing all the hats. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> but you're doing the damn thing. As we can see, it's beautiful. And we can't, but just wait, that's so exciting. Thank you. Yes. And so lastly, to wrap up our interview, you know, we're a book show. So do you have any book recommendations? And it doesn't even just have to be on beauty. Like, what are you reading? What are you into right now? Just let us know. Okay. That's the wrong question to ask. Uh, Soldier's Library. Uh, oh, goodness. 
Yes, that's where I am. That's my daytime job, and I freaking love it. Um, so currently, I do read about four books at a time. Um, and so I've tasked myself. I'm reading one book particular. It's actually next to me. Um, it's called Vinyl Moon by Mahogany L. Brown. Um, and she wrote this book. Her first, it's not her first book, but she wrote this book called Chlorine Sky. But this one, it's it's a really good YA novel that's deal with some, you know, young girl domestic violence issues, but also just what happens when, again, generational trauma carries from mama to daughter and her choosing to use her voice to break that cycle and has amazing like music rep musical reference um because she wants she's becoming a dj and she's curating playlists so it's it's really cool another book that i'm reading right now is black birds in the sky by i think brandy Colbert, and that is YA nonfiction talking about the Tulsa massacre, but it's in a way that it's very digestible for teens, and so that's really cool. And my last book is a book I read once a year. Um, it's called In Search of Satisfaction by J. California Coop. So you have Toni Morrison up here as the goat, the, the amazing grid, the oh, just the amazing writer and storyteller. But J. California Cooper's books, it ties in our people and our ancestors' stories in a way that it teaches you not only what happened. She deals with family trauma in such a poetic way, but she also allows us to see what happens with, like, how one person's choice or decision, whether out of desperation, whether out of the cards dealt with, how when you find that moment and when you find that satisfaction, not in the things and in the materials and in the notoriety, but in yourself, man, just to see how it could shift the dynamic of what was given to your family as a curse, but now you shift it and you become a blessing. And I I read that book once a year, once a year because it helps me go back to making sure that I'm finding satisfaction on the things that aren't necessarily tangible, but on the things that are spiritual, on the things that mature me and grow me and soothe me and give me peace, and not on the things that actually give me burden and anxiety and depression. But yeah, those are my, those are my three books right now. <laughs> and I'm adding them all to my list because they all sound amazing. <laughs> Gosh, I'm gonna go broke doing this show by all the. <laughs> we'll come to your library, your local library. It is yes, <laughs> yes. I keep saying I need to get back and I need to get a library card first of all, and I need to get back in my library game because I used to live in the library, <laughs> and now it's just so easy to go to Amazon.com or Bookshop.com. We are big bookshop promoters, uh, and just order that book real quick. But yes, I'm gonna get back on my library game. <laughs> Save my wallet some coins. Yeah, let's have a break. A little breather. Yes. Breathe a little. Right, exactly. Well, thank you so much, Aaliyah, for joining us today and for all of the good nuggets that you've given us. I think we can all say that we can spend this Valentine's Day a little brighter from listening to this interview. Yes. And let our listeners know everywhere they can find you. And we'll have that in the description as well. But if you want to shout out anything right now. 
All right. So just uh, Instagram at Exalting in Beauty, Facebook, Exalting in Beauty, and on Etsy, Exalting in Beauty. Good chance. Perfect. We love to hear. Well, thank you, everyone, for joining us for today's first episode of Black 365. We've got way more interviews coming up for you, and we can't wait. But until next time, I'm Alana. See y'all. Thank you for listening today. We hope you enjoyed the episode. Please follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at Shiwa Red to stay in the loop. Also, be sure to send us listener letters, fan mail, or PR to our P.O. Box 1725, Gardendale, Alabama 35071. And remember, if you have anything to add, comment, suggest, feedback, send it all to shewellreadqa at gmail.com or post about it in our Instagram group. And for any business inquiries or collabs, send us an email to shewellread at gmail.com. Be sure to subscribe, download, and leave a five-star review for today's episode.